0: Welcome to Emmanuel. How are you feeling today? Pretty good? Awesome, awesome. I'm so pumped to be here today. Hey, we are going to talk about week three of clutter in just a moment. Before I get there, I just want to make a few comments. Uh, this last week, I was able to attend a church leadership conference, and that gets me all fired up, and we get to listen to all kinds of speakers. And one speaker in particular, his name was Brian Tome. He's the pastor of Crosswords Church in Cincinnati. Great church there. He said something that really stuck in my heart. He said basically, and I'll, I'll kind of paraphrase what he said but he said if if our community if our community the world we're trying to reach is going to become awake to the wonder of God they're going to have to see the church function at its full potential I'll say it again so you can get a hold of it if if our community the world that we're trying to reach is going to awaken to the wonder of God if they're going to come to know who God is and understand who he is and that's why the church exists If they are going to awaken to the wonder of God, they must see the church. The church is not a building. The church is what? It's a group of what? It's a group of people. It's all of us. They must see the church function at its maximum potential. And at this church we take that very seriously. We try to do all that God has called us to do in this world. One of the things that we do is we try to launch these things called multi-site campuses. We have one here in Greenwood. We have one, you're sitting in it right now, if you didn't know. You, we have one in Perry Meridian. And then we launched one in Franklin. And, and through these environments we, t- we take the message of the forgiveness of sins. And the grace of God and the mercy of God. And we present it week in and week out. And we invite people into this journey of a relationship with Jesus Christ, and we do that week in and week out, and so last year we launched a campus in Franklin, Franklin, Indiana, right now there are services going on, excuse me, not right now, tomorrow there'll be services going on in Franklin, Indiana at 9.15 and 11.15, and can I say something real quick to all of those of you watching at Franklin, you guys rock, especially those of you who tear up and set down every single week because we're in a school there, and you labor and you work hard so that your friends and co-workers and neighbors and loved ones can hear the message and come to know God and so we can we give them a hand really quick week in and week out And so we launched that campus in 2015, and and so now what we said was, hey, we want to try to find a permanent piece of property so they don't have to be in a school and be temporary, and so we've been looking for property. We've got our elders looking for property, and and, and so we've been doing that for months, and every single piece of property we've looked at ended up not working out for this reason or that reason. Some pieces had buildings on it. Some pieces of property were in a floodplain, and so we just kept hitting dead end, dead end, dead end. And so we also raised the money to, to kind of get this piece of property. If you remember Christmas, I said, hey, let's give a big gift at the end of the year. We'll split it up. We'll give some to, to, to Nicaragua to build some clean wells in Nicaragua. And we did that. And we'll take the other half and we'll give it to the property. And so we raised the money for it. We just can't find a piece of property. Well, guess what? Guess what? we may have found a piece of property. It's very, very exciting. It's in a great location. And, and so we're, we have some experts looking at it, trying to figure out, is this the, is this the piece? Does it have everything we need? Is it going to work out? And so it looks very, very promising. So two things really quick before we get to my talk. I'm gonna ask you to continue to pray that this is the piece of property that works for us, okay? So pray that prayer, this is a big deal. We cannot be in that school. You guys cannot be in that school forever. I know it's hard, I know it's difficult, but so we need to, we need to get that whole thing going. And then number two, I'm gonna also challenge you to be faithful in your giving. As Jenny mentioned a few moments ago, that if everyone does their part, it adds up to a lot of money, money and we'll be able to build that campus. And so some of you have also asked, hey, is there a way that I can give specifically to the Franklin Project for the franklin property and so what we did on our website if you give online we actually created a franklin property tab so you can go there and you can also you can give to the property that way so uh very excited about what's going on god is moving in a big way hey if our community is going to become aware awakened to the wonder of who god is they're going to need to see the church function at its full potential and so that's what we're trying to accomplish so very very exciting you guys excited about that awesome awesome So we're in week number three of clutter and what we've said in this series is that in the same way that our lives can get cluttered, in the same way that our garages can get cluttered, in the same way that a drawer or a bedroom or the back of your car, the trunk of your car, in the same way that that kind of stuff gets cluttered, our closets can also get cluttered. There are reasons why our closets get cluttered, are they not? We talked about that, right? There are, and in the same way that there are reasons that our closets get cluttered, there are also reasons that our lives get cluttered. We think we can do it all. We, we think that we, we have a fear of disappointing people. We talked about that last week. And so today what I want to do is kind of dive into this third area. But before we get there, the consequences the consequences of having a cluttered closet or a cluttered trunk or a cluttered drawer or a room or whatever, yeah, they're minimal. You know, Somebody might stop by your house unannounced and they might see the slop. You know what I'm saying? You're embarrassed. There's some consequences there. Somebody might take a peek into the back of your car and like, oh, you're one of those people. You know, some embarrassment, right? Uh, if they find out that you've got too much messiness or whatever, it's, there's some consequences. But the consequences of a cluttered life are enormous, are enormous. They're so much more significant when your life is cluttered. See, it's, 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 it stops us from making our highest contribution when our lives are cluttered. When our lives look like this, and we've been using this graphic each week, when all of our energy is pulled in a hundred different directions, we make very little progress in many directions, and we fail to make our highest contribution. That's a lot more significant of a consequence than being embarrassed because our closets are cluttered. Or we have a drawer in our house that's all messed up, right? So, what we wanted to do is get our lives to look more like this. So during this series, is to declutter our lives so that we can focus our energy, so that we can make a bigger impact with our lives. That's really been the whole concept behind this series. God has good works designed for you to accomplish in this world. Your job is to figure out what those works are and perform them, execute them, do them, walk in them with your life. And so we talked in week one about, you know, accepting the reality of limitations in your life, which we don't want to do, but we have to do, or we, accepting the reality of trade-offs, and that was in week one. Last week we talked about caring more about what God thinks than what about what man thinks, so that, so that we can stop, so that we can say no to all of the things that are going on in our life or some of the things that are going on in our life and then we said hey set your priorities because if you don't set your priorities someone else will you with me is anybody here was anybody here last week did you work on that did you set your priorities and your roles and your goals anybody Yes, all right. We got some We got some people that did that. That's very, very exciting. You have to have a burning yes inside if you're going to look at somebody and say, I'm sorry, I can't do that, right? And if you don't have a burning yes inside, you're going to be saying yes to everybody, and then your life's going to get cluttered, and then you won't accomplish what you're supposed to do, okay? And so today what I want to do is look at this third. this third reason. Why do our lives get so cluttered? In your notes there, our lives get cluttered because we don't, We don't make the time, we don't create the space to clean up our mess. See, here, if you're like me, here's what happens. When I get home, uh, I'm so, you know, busy or going and I got to get the kids to a practice or go to a game or get to this or, or eat dinner or go to a workout or something that I take my shirt off and I take my pants off and here's what I do. I just, I just do that. And then, and then the next day, guess what? I do that again. And I only have one shirt up here, but, but here's what happens over and over and over. And before I know it, it's Friday, and I have like seven shirts or five shirts and a couple pairs of pants, a couple pairs of shorts, some socks. And socks are usually somewhere in this area on the floor. Anybody else do this? I don't know why I have this chair in my room. It's just, it just catches clothes. It's just such a bad habit. And over the week, there's an accumulation factor. And now I have a, a heap, a disorderly heap, which is what, which is what clutter looks like. Now, that's, again, that's okay in your house, but in your life, oh, the consequences are enormous in our lives. The, pen, the, 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 the penalty that we pay for, for all of the buildup in our lives results in us not fulfilling the calling or the, making the contribution that we're supposed to make in our life. Does that make sense? It's painful when we don't deal with anger, we don't deal with anxiety or we don't deal with fear, if we don't deal with relationship conflict, and because we 're busy or because we're, we''re on the go, we just we just kind of put it off and put it off and put it off and we end up with a pile of stuff that ends up resulting in in, in in a divorce, in a bankruptcy. you see what I'm saying see see, you can't live a cluttered life well it, there's always an, there's always something at the end of the clutter that That's painful, and you don't enjoy life very much, do you? Because you're in the moment and you're always thinking about all these other things and messes that are all around you. And so it's hard to even enjoy life. A person who's living a cluttered life fails to have meaningful conversations with their children when they know they should be. They know they should be talking about faith and they should be talking about all kinds of serious issues about values and what's important in the world and what truth is. And because you're so cluttered and so busy and so on the go, you're not even having those conversations with your children or your grandchildren. And financially, there's just, you're not sitting down and creating the space that you need in your life to work on your checkbook or pay your bills. And so things have gotten kind of add. They've, they've added up, and you really don't know where you are financially, and people are starting to call. And so there's all kinds of messiness going on there. And then your attitude. What about your attitude when you live a colored life? It's in the, it's in the tank, isn't it? You're just not very pleasant to be around. Well, I'm so excited today to share with you one of the, one of the transforming truths that, that have helped me become the person that I am and, and continues to help me to become the person that I am and make my highest contribution. God has not left us without answers, okay? Now, some answers are still hard to find. <laughs> he hasn't given us all the answers, but there are some key principles that he has given us that helps us figure out how to live through this life and make our highest contribution. See, the answer to all the clutter is creating space. You and I must create space in our lives. I love space. I love space on the highway. Anybody I like the shoulder? When you're driving on the highway, we do a lot of highway miles. We go to New York for Thanksgiving, and so there's this shoulder there. I enjoy the shoulder. It just gives me a little, a little space. Anybody else enjoy space on the highway? Sometimes we're on the highway. My, my wife likes the space between our bumper and the bumper of the car in front of us and when there's not enough space between the car and us in front of us uh you know she she kind of does this number and says will you just slow down you're just getting so close to that guy I'm like what are you talking about I'm slowing the traffic here you know I can I can I can live with a with a little bit of space in, with the car in front of me she can't she gets all anxious inside she can't relax so I got to slow down and back up because I love her so I prefer her. She wants a little bit more space. Space. I love space. I love. I love space in relationships. Like with my kids, I love being with them. Then I love being without them. Anybody else you know what I'm talking about? There's just that space. You know, the heart grows fonder through distance, or you know, I think, or something like that. And I, I love space in my money and my, my personal budget. I love space with the budget here at the church. What do I mean by that? Just extra. Just just like in an account, like like three months expenses just sitting in an account that if I, you know, lose my job or something like that happens, that 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 there's a hopefully that doesn't happen, by the way. But 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 you know, that that there's that there's just this space that that, hey, we don't have to like freak out because we got three months of expenses in a in a what Dave Ramsey would call an emergency fund. Here at the church, we have an emergency fund. And, and I'd like it to be a little bit bigger, but it's enough for us to say, hey, if something happens in the world, we won't, we won't start freaking out. See, that all that is is just margin or space. It's just, it's just time. See, and what happens with our closets is I don't take the time, two or three minutes, to you know, get the shirt out and I mean, how long does it really take? You know what I'm saying? I mean, all you, you, just, you just put the dang thing on a hanger, and you put it away. And if, you, if I, what's wrong with me? See, I just, I just haven't created the space. Go, 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 go. When I don't do that, I get a pile. Sometimes it's a pile of anger. Sometimes it's a pile of worry. Sometimes it's a pile of pride. Sometimes it's a pile of resentment against somebody that's crossed me life gets all icky complicated god gave this principle of space creating okay to his people of israel when they came up out of egypt incredible they had been in slavery for 400 years they the, the people who knew what it was like to be free had all died The the people who were alive, they only knew, wake up and you work, sun up till sundown, go to sleep, wake up, sun up till sundown, go to sleep, seven days a week, 365 days a year for 400 years. That's all they knew, they were slaves. Then all of a sudden God delivers them out of Egypt. And he's got to recreate their whole way of life, their whole way of existing. He had to create a whole new economy, a whole new uh, system of government. And so he gives them 600, over 600 laws. Of course, 10 of them rose to the top. They're called the what? The Ten Commandments. One of those commandments deals with space. It deals with time. Listen to Exodus chapter 20. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. Listen to what he continues to say. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day, say with me, day of rest. Dedicated to the Lord your God. And on that day, no one in your household may do any work. This was such an important law that God said if anybody breaks it, they die. Aren't you glad you weren't living back then? (laughs) And they did, in fact, execute a few people for working on the Sabbath. What's going on here? You You know what's going on here? God's saying, hey, here's the deal. You guys have no idea how to live outside of this idea of slavery. And so what's going to happen is if you, don't, if you don't create some space and some margin to stop working, stop producing, you're going to use your freedom to work 24-7 because that's all you know, seven days a week, 365, and you're going to start to realize, man, we can make more crops and we can make more money, and, and you're going to become self-sufficient. You're going to forget about me. You're going to think you did it all by yourself. You're going to start to be confident in yourself, and you're going to deny me and forget about me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create some space for you to stop working i'm going to create a window some time some margin for you to remember who delivered you out of egypt who is your source of strength who is your source of hope who is the one that gives you money all of that stuff i'm just going to create some space and here's what you're going to do on that during that window during that time you're going to focus on me wow just this idea just this space just this margin how does, that af- how does that apply to your life and my life? Because I know some of you are thinking, yeah, but that was like thousands of years ago. Is it, are we supposed to keep the Sabbath today? Is that, are the Ten Commandments for today, well, a couple of them are really good. You know, like don't covet your neighbor's wife. <laughs> That's a good one to follow. <laughs> it gets you in trouble when you do that. Right? Some of them are really, pl- I believe the Sabbath principle is applicable for us today. Now, I don't think anybody should die if they don't keep it, okay? But the idea is transferable to our lives because we, we're the same way. We just, we just forget about God. We think we could do it all. We think it's all up to us. We just think that, that, that we're the source of strength and we, get, we have it in us. So how does the Sabbath help us today? How does the Sabbath work for us today? How does the Sabbath help us to declutter our lives? There's three ways. The first thing I want to see I want you to see though is from Mark chapter 2 something that our savior said about the Sabbath. Mark chapter 2 Jesus said this, "The Sabbath was made for who?" For you. For me. Not man for the Sabbath. Man was not created to support the law. The law was there, is there to help us. So there's three specific ways that the Sabbath or this time, this space, this, this room is supposed to help us. You ready for it? Number one in your notes there. The Sabbath creates space to refresh. It creates space to, to refresh. See, if, if the American way is this right here. Just you know, there's no limits. You can do it. Work as hard as you want. Work as many hours as you want. You know, just keep your foot down and press hard, and you can have everything in your life. And, and so the temptation, not all of us, but, but some of us have bought into that, and there's, not, there's some good to that. But the idea is that push and go and push and go and push and go, and never take a break. And I'm telling you what, if you do that for, for a good stretch, maybe 10 years or something... 15 years, this has been documented, there's studies done on this. What happens is the, the, the soul breaks down, the body breaks down when you don't take time to refresh. Emotionally, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about things like anxiety building up, and because you haven't created space, you just kind of threw it over here and all of the issues that are going on in your life and all of the pressures and you don't take time to process that and talk to somebody about that and see a counselor about that and all you're doing is taking your shirt off and throwing, oh, well, I got to go to work tomorrow because I don't have time to deal with that. Emotionally, what it builds and it builds and it builds and ultimately until you have something called a nervous breakdown or you have to start having anxiety attacks or something something's happening inside of you that is negative because you haven't created space to deal and process with life. You with me? You understand that? Some of you are living that out right now because you haven't created, you haven't, you haven't put this principle called Sabbath keeping into practice. And then physically, I mean, how many, how many times do we need to hear a story about a, a 55-year-old, you know, business leader who's, who's you know, built this company and, and, and worked hard and done all these things. And all of a sudden at the age of 55, they have a heart attack. Because they've worked so hard and they've neglected their diet, and they just push and, push and push and push and push and push. then they have a heart attack, and now they're a changed person on the other side of the heart attack. They're like, "Oh, you know, I take Saturdays off now. <laughs> like I just chill out. Like I just eat salads now." And the back end of the heart attack, they're all wise now, right? What happened? They drove their body into the ground until it, it basically gave them a warning sign, almost killed them. Sometimes it does kill them. They don't have a chance to get wise on the back end of it when we don't take time to refresh. Listen to Leviticus 23. Levit- Leviticus chapter 23. You have six days, I think this is, no, sorry, this is Exodus chapter 23. You have six days each, uh, each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey a chance to say it with me. Because you can't push the animals every day all day. They're going to die. <laughs> then he starts talking about you know, the slaves and the, and the foreigners that were helping out. Listen to this. He continues. It also allows your slaves, the foreigners, and the foreigners living among you to be what? Refreshed. If you just push them and push them and push them and push them, they, something negative is going to something is going to fall apart in your life. It could be a relationship with a child or a marriage or something or your health or your emotions. Pastor Bill Hybels did this the first 15 years of his church, Willow Creek Community Church, one of the largest churches in America, one of the most influential churches in America. The, for the first 15 years, he pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Something broke in him year 15. He wrote a book about it. And it took four years for him to recover. Four years of counseling. For four years, Willow Creek Community Church limped along because their senior pastor was losing his mind. Because he wasn't taking breaks. Listen to Leviticus 23. You have six days each, six days each week for your ordinary work. But on the seventh day, it is a Sabbath day of complete rest an official day for holy assembly he he continues it is the lord's sabbath day and it must be observed wherever you go see the way that we get refreshed is not this is not a day off let me me just clarify this is not a day off from work it it involves that but that's not how you get refreshed oh i'm not going to go to work today it's part of it you do no work on the sabbath day this time period But the way that you get refreshed is by reorienting your life around God. It's the day for a holy assembly. What was the holy assembly? The holy assembly was when all of the people of Israel got together and they read from the words and they sang their songs and they lifted their hearts and their souls to God. And they drew strength and, and hope from him. And that is the Sabbath. That's what the Sabbath is all about. Now, I know some of you are thinking, man, a, a whole day of that? How am I going to do that? I understand, especially if you've got young kids. I know, been there, been there. Our kids are still kind of young, but they're out of that crazy stage. You know what I'm saying? Two, three, four. Wow. You need to pray for some of those parents that have those kids at that age. But I understand. So, so if you can't do eight hours of focusing your whole you know, mind and heart on Jesus and God, and you know, you, you're just there in this kind of monkish you know, prayer mode, okay, I'm not suggesting that. If you can't do all of that, take two hours. Take three hours, and you put your stupid phone away. You get off your stupid Facebook and you turn stuff off, and you go somewhere, and you get away, and you just say, Jesus, here I am, and I'm running on empty. And I got some anger stuff that's built up, and I got some worry stuff, and I'm mad at my husband, and I'm mad at my son, and and I got all kinds of problems here, see? And I need you to come in here and heal me up, and I need you to refuel me because I'm about to lose my mind. Two, three hours, four if you can, and you let Jesus, and you let the Spirit, and you let the Father work on your soul. I would not be standing here today if I didn't practice the Sabbath. I'd be gone, taken out, fried, or it gave up as your pastor. It refreshes you. It puts His spirit back in you. It gives you strength to go back into your life and deal with what you have to deal with. Number two, Sabbath creates space for you to reflect, for you to reflect. I can't believe how many people don't reflect on their life. I can't believe how many people don't reflect on their day. And because we don't take time to reflect, and what I mean by reflect is evaluate, okay? Review. When we don't reflect or evaluate or review how our days are going, we don't learn anything. And so what do we do? We get caught up in negative habits, negative patterns. And when we keep doing the same thing over and over and over, we continue to get the same what? Results, right? But we want a different life. We want something to change. We want more joy. We want a better marriage. We want better relationship with our kids. And we want all that stuff. But every single day we're doing the same stuff expecting a different result. That's craziness, is it not? The Sabbath is this time period where God says, I want you to reflect. I want you to evaluate. I want you to look back on your life. And if you don't, you'll be like the proverb. You'll be like Proverbs 26, verse 11 here. As the dog returns to its what? That's gross. Many of you have a dog. I have a dog. I've seen this. I didn't realize how powerful the Bible was until I got a dog. I see it, and I'm like, why, why? You have kibble right over there. It tastes so much better. Nope. He goes back to his vomits, and everybody in the house goes, oh. So fools repeat their follies. It's just as gross when a person continues to do the stupid things that are destroying their life every single day and you look at him and you go why wow, you just you just made that mistake a month ago you just made that you just stepped in that pothole a week ago and here you are again that's what happens when we don't evaluate, when we don't take the window, the time, and the space to look at our days and to look at our week and figure out what's going on in our hearts and why did we do that meeting and why did we say this and why did we respond this way and why did we spend three hours with that person? And why? And if we don't look back and reflect, we're not going to get any better. Does that make sense? See, I believe this with all my heart and it's in your notes there. When you evaluate, you can eliminate when you evaluate, you can eliminate. You can discover what's not working, what relationships you need to spend, what people you need to be spending less time with, what activities are causing you to, to not reach your goals or whatever it is or progress in the areas of your life. When you evaluate, you, you get clear on what needs to go and who needs to go. Are you with me? It was the philosopher Seneca who said this way, who said this, as long as you live, as long as you're alive, keep learning how to live it's just it's just this learning process we got to learn how could you learn if you don't look back see here's what's powerful about evaluation when you look back on your days and your months and your weeks or whatever they don't lie See, it helps us to stop living in this delusional world that some of us live in. We kind of create this, 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 this world, and it's mostly because we don't want to deal with reality. So many of us are living in a, in, a, in a world that's not reality. But when you truly evaluate and you look back at your days and see how you spent your time, it, does, it tells the truth, and it builds self-awareness, and you can begin to look and see who, who needs to go and where, how you need to change your energy or where you need to refocus your time. When you evaluate, you can eliminate, but you can also add. As, as long as you're alive, keep learning how to live. See, see, God has built this window of space called the Sabbath. And it's not a law, another thing that you have to obey, and if you don't, you're in trouble. Come on, come on, come on. That's not what we're talking about. It's a principle that God gave to us. It's for us. It's for our souls Is for us to live a life in such a way that we can make our highest contribution. Does that make sense? And number three, number three, the Sabbath creates space to refocus. The Sabbath creates space to refocus. If your life is somewhat like mine, (laughs) you're pulled, you're pulled, you're pulled in all kinds of directions that have nothing to do with what you said is most important in your life. And so it's very easy to lose your focus. It's very easy to get off track in this life, is it not? And so God has created this space, this time for us to refocus and rethink, okay, what is most important in my life? I need clarity. God's given us this space for clarity. So many times when I have to make a hard decision at this church with the help of our elders and our team, because I don't make decisions by myself, I I use the Sabbath, I use the space to say, God, will you just show me what we need to do and how we need to do it and when we need to do it? And, And God gives clarity in this space. When Jesus chose his 12 disciples, right before he chose his 12 disciples, pretty big decision, do you agree? Pretty big one. You know, Pete, James, Bartholomew, guys that changed the world. Right before he chose those guys, he he healed a guy who had a bad hand withered hand. And right after that, watch watch what he does. Luke chapter 6. One day soon afterward, after Jesus healed the guy, he went up to a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. Now, I've never prayed to God all night. I've been awake all night with teenagers. I would not recommend that, by the way takes years off your life i think so i'm gonna die a little early because i did one too many all-nighters with teenagers (laughs) but i've never prayed all night but jesus gets away from the crowd and he prays all night watch what happens next at daybreak when the sun rose he called together all of his disciples whole group of them and then he chose 12 of them to be the apostles You know who that is? That's the characters from Frozen. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. You want me to keep going? Yeah. So the whole world needs to know. I don't even know the words, but... but <laughs> this, is a, this is a snow globe. And this is a great illustration. This is, this is how life goes sometimes. In fact, this is how life goes all the time. Can you see that? Can you see the snow? Craziness. People and demands and asking, and oh my gosh, you got, whose brother died and who's this, who would happen? Go, 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 go. We got to go to this game. We got to go to this. We got to go here. We got to do this. You know what Sabbath is? Sabbath is just being still and letting all of the anxieties and all of the issues and all of the demands. And all of their requests float to the bottom so that I could see clearly. And that's what you see Jesus doing right here. The helter-skelter. Sometimes they got so busy they didn't even have time to eat. Jesus was healing people. People were coming at him from every direction. What about lunch? We don't have time to eat. But he would intentionally create this space so that he could see clearly and talk to his heavenly father and choose the 12. How do you expect to, to, to see clearly if you're not taking time to let all of the issues settle? If you're not creating the space, you won't. And you're gonna make bad decisions over and over and over. And that's going to accumulate in your life. This is what Sabbath is right here. Letting it all settle down. It's noise. That's what it is. <laughs> the constant noise stops us from hearing the voice of God and stops us from what seeing, seeing what's most important. So here's what I'm going to recommend to you. I'm going to recommend two things in your notes when it comes to space. Do a, create a weekly space, a weekly space in your life. I do it on Fridays. I don't do it all day. But I take two to three hours on a Friday and I will go somewhere and I will just, I will stop working. I won't produce sermons. I won't do anything that has to do with producing something for this church or for my family. And I'll just do some evaluation. How am I doing? I'll look at my calendar, look at my days, see where I spent my time. And that's powerful. But there's something even more powerful that I'm just now starting to practice more. And this is the second time I've done it. Well, I've done it a lot, but not consistently. But now I'm doing it more consistently. And that's called quarterly space. But every 90 days, I'm getting away. I'm going somewhere for an extended period of time to do an in-depth review of my days my actual days on a piece of paper, which, of course, you have if you don't write it down, you're not going to be able to evaluate anything. So I strongly encourage you to keep some, tally, some sort of tally or journal or a weekly record of your days. Otherwise, you'll have nothing to review. So you get to this spot every 90 days. And you look back over the last 90 days, and, all, and, and you, just, you really ask this question right here. This is, the, this is the really powerful question. Have I spent at least 80% of my time in my highest priorities? Because you're gonna have you're gonna have that twenty percent wiggle room, right? It's just things happen. And you got to go, and and, and I'm, you got to respond. You can't say no, right? But have I spent the majority of my time eighty percent on my highest priorities? And man, if you can look back over the last ninety days and you can see that you did, whew, that's powerful. You know, at that point, you're you're hitting on all cylinders. Whether it's your role as a Christ follower, your role as a husband or a wife, or, or, or a father or a son, a, a father or, mother or, or a mother, or a worker employer or an employer, employee. You look at that and say, wow, 80% of my time, functioning, hitting on, spending time in my top priorities. Or if you're not, then you know how to make adjustments. And then what you do for the next you know, part of the time is to look forward at the next 90, 90 days. And you say, okay, what are my top priorities? What do I need to be functioning, working on in each one of my roles? And you write those down. You start to plan those out. Powerful, powerful stuff. That's the purpose of the Sabbath. It, 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 It creates time and space for you to refocus your life. Pablo Picasso said this. You know the famous artist? Without great solitude, no serious work is possible. I believe that with all of my no serious work is possible. You can get some stuff done, but without taking time apart, no serious work can be done. I'm talking about making a high contribution in this world with your life. You need time to be refreshed, you need to reflect, and you need to refocus continually every 90 days. Let me ask you a couple of questions as we come down the home stretch here. Number one, are you running your soul into the ground? Are you just running it right into the ground? Foot down, 100 miles an hour, go, 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 go. Are you repeating the same mistakes over and over and over in your life? If you you are, it's because you don't have time. You're You're not evaluating. And are you living out your highest priorities? Are you doing the things that you feel like God is calling you to do if, if, if you can't answer those questions in a positive way the Sabbath this is not a sermon, this is a way of life, this is how I've been trying to live my life imperfectly, yes, for sure but I'm telling you, and I'll say it again without the Sabbath, without my Friday time, without my off, off-site times, extended periods, I would not be here today as your pastor, I promise you keeps me focused, it keeps me refueled, and it keeps me learning how to live this life that God has given me, this one and only life that God has given us. So what would happen if you did? Imagine, what would happen if you began to take a a weekly space to refresh and reflect and evaluate and and refocus? What would happen if you did a 90-day off-site, a, a quarterly off-site, and you refocused, and you evaluated your last 90 days, and you planned your, your next 90? What would happen in five years? Just five. Just, just to say, are you, you, you plan on being around in five years? Anybody? Anybody? You'd be here five years? Yes or no? Yeah? I sure would like to be here in five years. What would it be like in five years? Like, what would your life look like? Like, what could happen in five years if you lived this way? Right? Here's what would happen. You would make your highest contribution, whatever that is. Whether that's being an outstanding father, an outstanding mother, parents, this parent of the year because you decided to create space to have the energy and the passion and the focus and the insight to be the best mom or dad you could be. Oh, man. See, I plan on being here in in five years, (laughs) Lord willing. That's my hope. And in five years, I want to make a greater contribution to our community. And here's what happens in the end. Just picture this. This is what Jesus said Matthew chapter 5. He said, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, not God's good works. Your good works, things that God does through you. And then say, glory be to God. Isn't that awesome? See, I'll circle back to what what I heard what I first said in this talk. If our community is going to become awakened to the wonder of God, they are gonna to have to see the church function at its maximum potential. And who is the church? It ain't this building, and it's not the building we're going to build in Franklin, and it's not the Banta building. It is you. And as you come alive, as you live this way, and you create this space, and as you make your highest contribution in all the different roles of your life, people say, glory be to God for that person. The world is a better place because of her or because of him. Wow, there must be a God. Wouldn't that be something? Imagine what would that be like? Anybody want to be invited into that? Now, I just want to create a, a little bit of space right here, right now. No one moving around. No one getting up or disturbing. There, is, there are a few people here who need to hear what I have to say in this next little space, next two minutes. God loves you. He towards you. And he proved it. He proved it by having his son, Jesus Christ, come to this earth and stretch out his hands and die on a cross for you. See, there's no greater love for one human being to to show love to to another. There's no greater way than than, than to die in their place. And that's exactly what Jesus did. He died in your place. He died on a cross so that All of your sin, the thing that was blocking you from being in a relationship with God, would be washed away. He took the penalty for your sin and for my sin. He loves you, and he proved it. And he invites you today, in this moment, to accept the gift of forgiveness. To say to Jesus, okay, I believe you did that for me. I believe that you love me. Would you be my savior? Would you wash away all my sin? Would you make me one of your very own children? And if this moment is designed for you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's a simple prayer. We don't go to heaven by being good people. We don't go to heaven by attending church services or giving money to the poor. Those are good things. I encourage all of them. But that's not how a person goes to heaven. A person goes to heaven by embracing by faith the gift of forgiveness that was provided to us on the cross 2,000 years ago. If you'd like to receive that gift right now by faith, and invite you to close your eyes and bow your head. Simply pray this prayer to Jesus. Say to Him, Dear Jesus, right now, just you and Him, right now. No one else here but you and Him. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for loving me so much that you were put to death in my place to wash away all my sin, all my shame, all my guilt. I now ask you in this very holy moment to be my Savior. I trust you. I put my confidence in you. I want to follow you the rest of my days. May my life from this day forward bring a smile to your face and point others back to you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed that simple prayer, please, on your way out, on your way out, there's tables in the back. I've got some friends back there. They would love to put a one-year Bible in your hands. And here's why this is so significant. There's nothing extra special or spiritual about this particular form of the Bible. However, however they don't print these anymore. We print them with the publisher for this church. Pretty cool stuff because we believe that the way it's broken down into little five minute readings, you can absorb it into your mind and as you get the word of God in your heart and in your mind on a daily basis, he begins to guide you and, and reveal his will to you and show you what needs to change in your life and he begins to talk to you and so we believe with all of our heart that you need to begin getting the word of God into your heart. So can, if you want to um, pick one of those up, if you pray to receive Christ today, totally free of charge. You can get one on your way out at the tables in the back. Can we give God glory today for what he's done? Fired up. Hey, hey. Create the space. Create the time to be refreshed, to reflect, to evaluate so you can eliminate and declutter so that you can refocus your life so that you can ultimately, ultimately make your highest contribution. Yes? Yes? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you glory today. Thank you so much for this chance, this opportunity to open your word, to look into the scriptures, to to see the truth that we need to live this life. May we apply it from this day forward so that we can declutter our lives and do the good works you've planned in advance for us to do so that others might see them and give glory to you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. If you prayed to receive Christ, go grab a Bible. Next week, last week of this series called Clutter, bring your friends. You're not going to want to miss it. God bless.